this is Elizabeth Spring from North Node Astrology and NorthNodeAstrology.com. And today we have a special guest, uh, uh, an astrologer, Patty Morris Stebbins. And she studied evolutionary astrology under Stephen Forrest, as I did. And we both live in this tiny state of Rhode Island, and we've never met. But uh, we've been trying to connect for years now. And uh, uh, so I just spontaneously called her and asked her to be on the show tonight. And so um, I don't know that much about her, except that she's a mother of two that she does um, astrology readings, and that we, of course, we both studied counseling psychology and use that in our work, as well as being very much uh, in the evolutionary astrological tradition. So anyway, I'm really happy to have Patty on the show today, so let's do it. Okay, well, today, as I said, we have Patty Morris Stebbins with us, and I'm just getting to know her, too. Um, She studied evolutionary astrology under Stephen Forrest, as I did, and we both live in this tiny state of Rhode Island, and we've never met. We've never (laughs) even really talked. I, I know that Patty is the mother of two, and uh, that we both studied counseling uh, psychology. And uh, I know Patty does readings, and I, I'm not doing readings right now. Um, is, is that right, Patty? Are you, are you doing readings for people these days, or, or are you mostly <laughs> yeah. mothering and working? <laughs> <laughs> mostly mothering and working. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I do occasionally do readings for folks. Generally, they're um, clients that I had done readings for in the past, then they are, you know, coming back to, uh, get a refresh or, you know, something particularly challenging or activating is happening in their lives. And so, you know, they want to see, uh, what's going on, uh, you know, astrologically. And so, um, I would say I probably do, them like let's say every other month I, I'll have one or two um yeah. so, is, you there know, occasional. Is, is there a way Patty that people could um reach you either message you on Facebook or as a website or anything uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that yet I mean I I had a uh Facebook page um that is still still, still up there. If you searched for Patty Morris Stebbins certified, uh, evolutionary astrologer, it, it will come up. Um, I haven't sort of posted on there in forever, but it does, you know, it is a way I can be contacted. Um, you know, I, uh, unfortunately never, uh, had the time to create a website or, um, you know, any, a blog or any of the other various kind of, uh, ways that, um, astrologers that I know and respect, you know, get their word out there. So, um, you know, most of my clientele has been, you know, word of mouth basically. (laughs) And I've been very lucky that that's worked for me, you know, thus far, but I certainly, uh, would like to, you know, venture into, into having a website in the future. 
Right. Well, having having two small children, you're doing what you're doing. Uh, you know that that takes precedence. But you come out of the same, you know, evolutionary astrology stream that I come, came out of, and we both apprenticed with Stephen, which is a, such a, a gift. And you know, I think I'd I'd like to just kind of start by you know asking how you became attracted to astrology in general, and then how did you find Stephen? Great. Yeah, that's a great question. So I uh, came by astrology um, about, let's see, gosh, how old am I? 45. So 21 years ago, um, my life was sort of falling apart. I was in a long-term relationship, my college sweetheart, and uh, he uh, was uh, suddenly leaving me for uh, this woman who was his coworker, who also happened to uh, live in the house across the street from the house he and I had bought together not so long ago. And this was about four months before we were uh, supposed to get married. And he suddenly came home from a conference and was like, you know, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, it like just, your world was falling apart. Woo, yeah. So I, it was like jarring. And at the time I was working for this wonderful organization in the Berkshires that served women with uh, developmental disabilities. And um, my boss was practicing astrology sort of um, secretly, <laughs> you might say. I, I don't know if secret's the right word, but she was she wasn't very open about it. Um, she didn't, you know, feel like the the climate at the time was really mm -hmm. open to um, to that sort of thing. And so, but she offered to do a reading for me, and and so we scheduled a time to do it outside of work, and she um, laid it out for me, my chart, and you know, I was so impressed with not just the sort of topography that you know she was able to convey, you know, the, the sort of uh, more superficial details, but also like, you know, she was really able to sort of get at this this deeper psychological, um, right. th these deeper psychological implications of of what was reflected there and. Um, to help me kind of further my understanding, she gave me like, I want to say it was like seven or eight different astrology books that she had stuck these little post-it notes in. So I could go, it was like a reference guide. So I could go right to the thing and it would tell me, you know, oh, what does it mean to have your moon in Capricorn or, you know, uh, you know, uh, right. Saturn square Venus, like all these different things that she thought I kind of needed to understand um, about my chart. And I bet one of them was Stephen's book, Stephen Forrest's book. Uh, it was one of them, The Inner Sky, that uh, I'm just taking a wild guess because uh, I know that's how I discovered him originally. It's one of the, you know, that was his his first book. That come to in that in that uh, in, in her studies. And so um, she had highly recommended his inner sky. And she let me borrow it at that time, but uh, I, you know, went ahead and uh, purchased it myself. It was actually very hard to get at that time. Um, I think it was not, for some reason, it wasn't being offered in, you know, um, 
bookstores and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we didn't have too much access to Amazon or things like that at that time. So it was like really hard to come by. I got a secondhand copy, I think, um, not really even, as I said, sure how I did. Um, and, uh, I had to agree with her that just his sort of, um, practical but deep approach to the archetypes and the the different facets of the astrology chart just really spoke to me um, and made me really want to go more deeply into that. Wow. And how much later after that first introduction to astrology, when your world fell apart, uh, did you happen to uh, make the commitment to uh, study with Stephen? Was that a Um, long time later? Yeah, it was quite a bit. Let's see. I started his apprenticeship program in 2010. And that um, time in my life was around 2001. So yeah, about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It was and you know, for me, astrology was sort of like, um, something that really kind of gained momentum over the years. I started by being sort of, you know, vaguely skeptical about it, sort of like I was, I was blown away by this reading I had had and, um, you know, was uh, definitely interested in understanding more, but I def, I, I didn't like accept it as immediately um, valid or accurate. You know, I sort of was like, well, this is interesting. Let me look more into it. Um, I do research for a living. And so I, you know, I, I do kind of approach everything with that more discerning. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you do research for, for work? I, I, I currently am um, managing research projects, but yeah, like my, my profession over the years has largely uh, entailed either sort of conducting or coordinating or managing research projects. Wow. Are you at Brown? Is that what I you're... am. Yeah. I'm at Brown University right now uh, as a project coordinator for uh, cancer imaging research projects. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I, you know, it was like at first I was kind of just reading up, kind of learning more about my own chart, you know, dabbling a little bit in people I love's chart. I think many of us kind of start that way. That's my understanding from talking right. to our Right. colleagues. But then um, it started to be that I I understood that I kind of had a real aptitude for, um, you know, uh, just grasping a chart, like really kind of, you know, spending some time with it and being able to really to, to feel into and, and gather uh, important insights and, and um, that's great. And you were able to uh, both intuitively uh, get it and then to synthesize the, the information. And I, I, you know, I think just the way you were talking about how you came to astrology in, is often how many people come to astrology. They have that initial reading that, that kind of knocks their socks off and, and opens their skeptical eyes and, uh, uh for me, uh, actually, it was a little bit different. I'll be kind of giving away my my age a little bit here. But back in 1969, when I was in my last year at Boston University, 
um, they, this uh, friend said, oh, come to the chapel here. There's this wise woman speaking. And I went down there and it was Isabel Hickey, who was one of the <laughs> first, uh, yeah, Eric Linter from a Boston astrologer. And I both started with her and how I came to it was following a trail of wise women in, um, first with her and then uh, Alice Howell and other women until when I was at my second Saturn return. I, I actually started doing it uh, professionally in 1992, but then at my second Saturn return, I was expecting something to happen and nothing was happening. And I thought, well, I better make something happen. Then. So <laughs> I uh, thought I'm going to deepen my work with astrology. So that's when I started doing um, my apprenticeship with Stephen. And uh, when he started talking about the nodes, I just was so excited about that, that that, uh, that led into my first book. I think that's the one that you read. Is that right? The North Node Astrology? Yes, absolutely. That was one of the first uh, that I ordered on my own Uh or, uh, you know, that wasn't recommended to me, but that I um, had read about and, and was really intrigued by. Yeah. So do you use the nodes in your uh, readings for people? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I mean, I, I generally, when folks come to me, you know, like if a new person comes to me and wants a reading and they don't really even know what I do, they just have heard that I... Um, you know, give valuable readings. Uh, I, I I have to tell them, you know, well, I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and that is sort of a little bit different than, um, you know, the kind of astrology you might be familiar with if if you're not studying it. And and the joke I kind of make is like, you know. Some people think of astrology as, you know, perhaps somewhat of a fringe discipline and, and I, you know, evolutionary astrology is like fringe within fringe, like it, it's, uh, it is its own, it is its own niche. And I, I was thinking, you know, what your take was really on evolutionary astrology itself, you know, I, I, I guess I was thinking one, one of the things that it does is it. It, that Stephen keeps reminding us that there are so many opportunities through many lives to create and live our best life. And I think with the focus on, on the nodes that, that comes through, that was one of the things that really attracted me. What, what's, what's, uh, what do you think attracted you to him and his work? You think, think the nodes or his, his general approach? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think for sure his his way of approaching astrology. I mean, Stephen is brilliant, but he has a way of explaining things that's so grounded and practical. I mean, it just, you know, you you feel in your bones how true it is and how how you know it, it's sort of inarguable, right? But then there's also this quality to his work, this sort of mysticism, this this universal sort of spiritual understanding that I think um, kind of underpins all of that practical wisdom that just, uh, I, you know, particularly when I have gone to his apprenticeship program, you really feel like you're sitting at the, the foot of a, of a, you know, a guru. I mean, somebody, and I say that as someone who's had many very, um, you know, 
personal grounded conversations with him. I know how very human he is, but boy, when I sit in that classroom in front of him, I mean, I feel like I'm receiving a spiritual download of sorts, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I do too. Um, <laughs> and sometimes in my work, I feel like I'm almost channeling uh, Stephen Forrest and the whole evolutionary astrology. And I, I feel so grateful that, um, you know, now I'm six books later after North Node Astrology, and he has is reviewed and endorsed uh, the books. And it's I, I've just been incredibly grateful to him for that. And he, I think he just appreciates everyone who takes evolutionary astrology seriously and uses it and promotes it. And, and for me, I think um, one of the big things was that it helped me to understand the contradictions and complexities um, within my chart and within other people's charts, because he has a way of, of, synthesizing the whole chart and then of course the nodes to me are the biggest synthesizer and I think that 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 is what um, drew me so so strongly to to his work absolutely I mean I think that um, you know prior to uh, you know, look, knowing anything about astrology, you know, which I, which I didn't before my friend and, and, you know, former boss sort of, um, alighted me to it. I, you know, I thought like, I think many people do, oh, you know, this is sort of a personality, um, classification system. It's, you know, it, it, it's valuable only to a point and, and sort of not beyond that point. And then being introduced to Stephen's work and the nodes and just seeing how uh, deeply rich and complex and, and um, <clears throat> profound, you know, the information is that can be available through right. art, you know, in, in, in working with the nodes. Um, you know, I think that was what really activated me to, to take on the mantle of, you know, becoming the best astrologer that I could be, because I just saw how helpful it is to me. And as I worked with it with other folks, I saw how helpful it was to them to understand this dynamic that the nodes kind of right. uh, elucidate, you know, and also how all of the other things that one might look at all the, you know, the personality characteristics that are kind of reflected in the chart. Um, when you organize those around this core identity of nodes, the nodal axis, you really get, you know, the full picture of the soul. Yeah. There. Right. Right. Uh, and one of the, what I did in my, in my last book, the South Node Astrology, Uncovering Your Soul's Karmic Inheritance, I, I, I really took it farther than the first book, uh, the North Node, in that um, hopefully I didn't, I didn't lose some people in it, but I, I tried to make it almost like a personal spiritual detective story for people of, you know, tell, you know explaining to them where the South Node was, what it was um not where it was, but uh, what sign it was in using a chart there and describing the sign and then helping them to um, 
uh, understand the, the ruler of that sign, uh, where is it in the chart and how is it aspected and putting all the pieces together because it's not just as simple as you know of knowing what sign your north and south node is. We have to look at the rulers, we have to look at the houses that, that they're in and as we do and, and the aspects to them. And then as we do it, it's like as if each, uh, each little bit of information opens up another uh, level of insight uh, uh, into mm -hmm. ourselves. And um, I just love that you can, you can take it in that direction and, and um, come up with these subtle, subtle insights that uh, um, anyway, I'm, I'm, as I'm, I'm talking away here, I'm thinking, I'm wondering what your chart looks like. And I don't know if you want to share anything from that, but I'm wondering Maybe if you even just wanted to tell us what your sun and moon and rising sign are. Sure. So, nodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I am a sun in Sagittarius. Um, I think it's probably useful to know that uh, my sun is sort of flanked pretty closely by uh, Neptune and Mercury, which are also in Sagittarius. So. I've got a Sun, Neptune, Mercury conjunction in Sag, um, and that's in my fourth house. Uh, I'm a Virgo rising, uh -huh. and I have the Moon in Capricorn in the fifth. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and and then my uh, my North Node is in Scorpio in the third house. Wow. Yeah. So we have opposites. Uh, uh, I have a south node Scorpio and you've got a, a north node Scorpio. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, my son is also in a stellium. I'm a Libra with a Neptune conjunct. Uh, as you have your Neptune conjuncting your son and, and then I have Venus uh, uh, also conjuncting it all in, in Libra and with a Taurus north node. Uh, ruled by Venus. So I've got a lot of Venus there. And that's actually mm -hmm. why uh, I've taken uh, at this time to stop doing readings for a little while and I'm painting. I just thought, oh, I want to do something very, very Venusian. Um, and I hadn't really done it before. And so I'm kind of approaching it uh, the way I approached astrology at first, you, you start getting a taste for it. And once the, once you get a really good taste of it, it kind of grabs hold of you uh, like astrology does and uh, just keep doing it and try to do it every day. And it's that, amazing how proficient you can get at things that way. I mean, I've seen your paintings, they, at least the ones you've shared on Facebook and they are magnificent. I mean, if you were, uh, if, if this is a rather new endeavor for you to be plunging yourself into, then that is really impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I actually wonder, um, you know, I wrote uh, something about the family karmic inheritance in my first book, North Node Astrology. And uh, I wonder if there is some truth to things being handed down. My my grandmother was an oil painter, and my mother was an oil painter. And of course, when I was younger, I felt that I couldn't I couldn't draw or do any of that. So I became a potter early in life. Uh, 
and it's mm. you know, so my mother never knew me as, as somebody who who painted um and i feel this close connection to my grandmother elizabeth english who was a really exceptionally good oil painter and actually when i was in my uranus opposition at age uh, 41 i changed my name to elizabeth uh from janet <laughs> the name i was born with oh. kind of in in honor of my grandmother there i did not know that yeah yeah so i am trying to move towards my north node and taurus do you have a sense about how you might be moving towards your north node in, in Scorpio or moving away from the south node in, in Taurus? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's, that's getting, you know, just it's getting a little personal, but, uh, you know. Oh, I'm not, I'm not afraid of being personal at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so um Back when my life kind of blew apart, when I was introduced to astrology, uh, it will not surprise you to know that Pluto was going over my son in Sagittarius. Uh, so here, of course, is Pluto, the ruler of that North Node in Scorpio, you know, hitting my son, my identity, um, ego structure there in the fourth house of home and uh, family and right the very personal. Right. And so, um, I, so one of the first things I did, I started to have this tremendous anxiety, you know, of course, after, uh, sort of my ex moved out of the house, uh, I was alone for the first time in my life and I was just terrified about, you know, who am I outside of this person? I really didn't know because I had been with him since my freshman year in college and so I went to an acupuncturist um, who was very well known uh, in, in the Berkshires and, and just a really amazing, kind, gentle man. And uh, he sat down with me and he said, so, you know, I told him my story at the time um, and he said, you know, what are you, you know, what do you, where do you hope to move forward from with this from here, you know, what are you hoping to gain in your life as a result of all of this? And I, I said, well, I just really want to feel safe mm. and comfortable. And he looked at me and he said, we are never safe. <laughs> wow. So that's kind of a repetition of that South Node Taurus wanting to be safe, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Whereas your North Node Scorpio would want to be delving more. Right. And, and But it was like this perfect kind of um, bringing together of both, right? Because here's me bringing this like intentionality of getting back to some kind of, you know, imagined status quo or stability. Um, and he was just in that very Scorpionic way, just like pointing me to this deeper truth, right? Yeah. That I think I knew in my bones was, was absolutely accurate, you know, that we, we aren't, aren't ever safe, bad things can happen or, or unsettling things can happen at any moment. But I just was, um, it was like the first time that that truth had been spoken to me in such a direct way. And I was sort of raw enough to really take it into my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I think that throughout the rest of my life, you know, if I, if I'm really being self-reflective about it, it's like over and over again, um, I, I hear his words echo in my ear when I, when I find myself almost unconsciously expecting life to get comfortable again or to get stable again, I hear, you know, that voice in my head that, you know, that this is not the nature of reality is not stability. (laughs) It's change, you know? So that's, um, it, it feels very much like something that I encounter cyclically in my life you know, via upheaving events, but also something I try to kind of hold myself accountable to in daily life, you know, don't turn away from the truth. You don't have to like it. You don't have to, um, you don't have to even embrace it, but just accept it. (laughs) Because, you know. Right. In fact, when I think of uh, Scorpio, I, I think so much of what you just touched on there. It's the bottom line truth, the real deep truth that Scorpio wants to know. It isn't satisfied with superficialities and and your entrance into astrology and your 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 movement deeper and deeper into that world is is going deeper into truth and into it's sometimes into a Plutonian world. It certainly feels that way at times. And I think what uh, one of the things that my sort of exploration and studies with the nodes has really taught me is just that, um, you know, what feels for me like a foray into scorpionic territory may not look to outsiders as, as, you know, a foray into scorpionic territory, right? Like there are things that as somebody like me, who's conditioned to Taurus, who's conditioned to this, you know, simplicity and stability and sort of Mm. maybe smallness in life, you know, that, that things can seem very scary to me that to other people, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's life. That just happens. What do you mean? That's, you know, Mm-hmm. dark and terrifying <laughs> but for me that's that's my reality you know like I it is um it it is how I uh experience it and I think that's been sort of one of the keys for me that's unlocked um my ability to work with other uh folks with their charts and their uh nodal yeah. nodal structures is understanding that just because it doesn't look like, um, you know, th- for for most folks going towards your North Node, especially if you're, you know, haven't hit your first Saturn return yet, it it is like such baby steps that they are able to take towards it that, you know, what looks, you know, to me like not as much progress, you know, because maybe that's an energy that comes naturally to me for them can be huge, you know, and hugely terrifying and and hugely consequential. And it's like honoring that individual process that we all have. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, That's it. That's a gift you have there. We both have the gift and with that, that Pluto on our axis, uh, the nodal axis, but in a different way, whereas, uh, my Scorpio South node conjunct Jupiter in the eighth house uh, feels to me as if I, I've had way too much drama and trauma 
both early in life and in, in the life preceding this, and that I've come back in order to feel that life can be safe and beautiful again. And uh, hopefully I can, I'm bringing some of the higher octave of that Scorpio that you're just talking about now too, the part that is intuitive and deep and insightful. And I try to bring the wise part of the Scorpio and, and leave some of the, the trauma and the drama and the closing of the doors that I, you know, and the opening, which I did so much earlier in this life too. Um, and move. So I have to move towards that, that Taurus and uh, I have no other earth in my chart as well. So um, it's a very important point that way. Um, so I'll just share, my mom actually shares some qualities with you. She has a Sun, Neptune, Venus conjunction in Libra oh. and also the Scorpio South node. And, um, you know, she has other, obviously other um aspects in her chart that I think uh, would make her very different. <laughs> but but I did, it, it was interesting to learn, um, you know, to learn about astrology and to be able to, for the first time, understand, like my mother used to get terrified if I came home sort of five minutes late from a date, she would just be really scared. And it, and it was very genuine for her. I mean, I, it was obvious to me at the time that she was genuinely scared, but it made no sense to me. I was like, you know, it's only five minutes. Um, and, and, you know, in learning astrology and, and understanding her Scorpio South node, I understood that, you know, there in the same way that for me as a Taurus South node, there's this expectation of simplicity and stability for her, you know, there, there was actually, it felt like an expectation of something scary happening or something, yeah. you know, horrible happening. And I thought, wow, that's got to really be awful. I mean, it really gave me empathy for where she might be coming from this feeling of, mm. of terror, you know, around, um, you know, something that, is probably harmless, right? Right. You know, right. But that's coming good. home late from a date, not very uh, novel. <laughs> right. But that Pluto ruled uh, South Node in Scorpio that she has is uh, she has her antenna up, antenna up to all the the negative possibilities of that. And but you, I, I've also tried to see all sides of the the Pluto. Right. Right now, I'm having a Pluto squaring the moon transit and, and also transiting Pluto opposite Mars. And uh, this is, I think, one of the, mm. the problems with being an astrologer or knowing astrology. I mean, it's a, it's a mixed blessing in that we, uh, I actually just say, I, I know that this, this can signify uh, something of a struggle, let's say with Pluto opposite Mars and Pluto squaring the, my moon, it, that it can bring it into the world of emotions. And, and Pluto has to do with what's not fully conscious. So I, I'm finding a lot of things that are coming up from my, my deep psyche. Uh, that not, and not all of them good. Uh, <laughs> the, things, uh, the, the shadow side of myself and uh, I've I've had a couple of bad blunders of things that I've I've done that I'm thinking, wow, where did that come from? But uh, um, 
anyway, I guess part of, I always think that one of the uh, helping planets for Pluto can be Venus um, and, and for, for Mars to add a, a deeper dose of, of Venus. So uh, trying to bring that realm of, of beauty and connection to people and friends and and also even reaching out to new people like you, Patty, um, and, you know, seeing uh, what we can share with listeners out there that might be helpful for them, too. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think what you said is so right on and important. And uh, I, I uh, actually had, you know, that Saturn Pluto conjunction in January of 2020 was right on my moon in Capricorn, like to the second Ah. And I had seen, you know, as, as, as any neurotic astrologer can attest, you know, you, you look at your coming transits and you, uh, you freak out about it. Right. So I had all these years to freak out about what is going to happen, you know, Saturn Pluto conjunction on my moon in the fifth. And around the time that I was aware of it, I had just started having children, you know, and so, yeah. God, is something horrible going to happen to my children? What is, you know, what is this going to look like? And um, I tried my best to rise above it and sort of, you know, accept that my soul called in, you know, this chart, this experience, those transits, you know, to, to be gone through. And, and I tried to kind of put a brave face on it. And now that it's been over a year since since it happened, I can say that the internal experience I had throughout the COVID pandemic very much uh, felt like what you would expect a Saturn-Pluto conjunction on your moon to feel like, you know, Uh it was terrifying for me. It was restrictive. It was... and, and it was related to my children. You know, I was, I was really afraid of um, making a decision that would harm them, you know, whether it was sending them to school or not sending them to school. How and, old are you? Uh, my daughter is seven and a half and my uh, son is five. Yeah. And, um, you know, I fully recognize that, all parents were making this decision, you know, and, and many of them didn't have the Saturn Pluto conjunction on their personal planets, you know, but, but what's interesting is, and this is what I love about astrology is that astrology really showed me what my experience was going to be because it was this really overwhelming, you know, horrific, uh, internal, um, you know, feeling that I had around the decision-making process because of the pandemic. Um, and because I, you know, carry a lot of anxiety with me on a, on a good day. And, um, and it was really instructive for me. I was grateful that, you know, nothing so horrible happened to me or my family on the, on the external, you know, in terms of nobody lost their job, nobody, lost their health. You know, we, we actually fared well by most people's standards, but, um, psychologically. So you're saying that on the, it it was on the internal level, which uh, that is where Pluto likes to work. 
the most. And the moon, right? <laughs> and the moon and the fifth house, which rules children, right? right. So, I mean, that's quite literal, I'd say. Yeah, no, it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is it, you know? <laughs> and, and yet we, I think uh, even, even though astrology can be shocking and how literal it can be, one of the things that I love about evolutionary astrology and the way Stephen keeps, uh, and, and, you know, that we are also both aware of so much is that we have free will and we have choices and we're going to um, just try to bring up to consciousness what is going on with the help of astrology if when needed and any other ways that we have of getting help and make the best decisions that that we can and not uh to let let uh fear over overtake us yeah and to that end actually i'm i i have had you know i've i've been in therapy gosh most of my life uh because of you know carrying some pretty significant anxiety with me. Um, but I really recommitted to therapy and also actually to, um, you know, a regular meditation practice as a result of sort of recognizing how overwhelming um, the feelings that were being created within me as a result of the pandemic and all the decisions, you know, that had to be made around it. And uh, we have that in common too. You have the Pluto moon and you recommitted to a meditation practice. I, yes. <laughs> I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I thought I need, um, I need all the help that I can get. And uh, astrology <laughs> sometimes can point the finger to the moon, but it doesn't always give you the, the, the day by day, uh, practice that something like, uh, I, I, I mindfulness and meditation and and that kind of thing can can do for us uh, to deepen our spirituality. I think is a real call for any kind of Pluto Saturn transit. Um, so that's interesting that we both uh, uh, made a similar decision there. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it was like, I needed perspective, you know, I just needed some perspective, like everything felt so small and it felt to me like these decisions that I would make, um, you know, around, <clears throat> you know, whether to see my parents, uh, or how long to not see my parents for, you know, mm -hmm. um, all of those things just felt so weighty and consequential and, and on a good, you know, in in general, I feel, you know, I'm a Sag, I'm used to having perspective and being like, Oh, you know, like whatever's meant to be will be, you know, and, and I can get pretty far in life on that attitude. Like it serves me well, you know, but man, this last year, I just couldn't let it go. You know, I just had this sense that every decision I made and everything I was, you know, uh, doing had the potential to have horrible consequences, and and so um, meditation was literally the only uh, way I could um, see through that, right? Because that's obviously an illusion. Like, yes, we have free will, but we control so much, so much less than we think we do. You know, <laughs> there's so much more that there's so much more grace and and happenstance that you know also kind of factors into 
um, right. what eventually comes of whatever, you know, we're in, involved in. Well, you've grounded yourself. We've, we've grounded ourselves a little bit more with the meditation and allowed a little bit more of grace to come in perhaps mm -hmm. into our lives. And um, that always is, that always helps. Wow. wow. So are you, uh, Patricia, are you, are you in touch with Stephen at all? Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, we're friends on Facebook and I get to see all his wonderful uh, cat photos and musings and, and, uh, you know, um, he is often very generous in terms of um, also kind of uh, interacting with my Facebook page. So I, I know that he, uh, I'm not totally, you know, anonymous to him. <laughs> But, uh, I haven't had any like um, direct communication with him. I I am somewhat peripherally involved with um, his new astrology school, the the Forest Center for Evolutionary Astrology. Actually, my very good friends Jeff Parrott and Katie Cadge um, started that with Stephen, and they are you know starting with these sort of um, introductory. Um, and I like, I think intermediate level classes right now. And so, you know, I'm a little bit beyond that. I, I have not done Stephen's master program yet. I never did make it out to Borrego Springs for that. But um, when they uh, offer the master's level program uh, through there, I intend to enroll and sort of finish up my studies there so I can finally refer to myself as a master apprentice. But um, yeah, so I've, I've seen him on some of the, they do these monthly calls for the FCEA and I've seen him on those, but yeah, I haven't had the chance to talk to him um, since I attended his his last apprenticeship program, which was, um, gosh, a year and a half ago in September. I went to the last one that he did. Oh, that's nice. In Northern California. Yeah. And I bawled like a baby when I had to say goodbye to him. I just had this sense like that I didn't oh. know I was going to see him again, you know, yeah. and I just threw, I, I think I caught him off guard. I went up there just to say goodbye. And then I threw my arms around him and I said, I love you. <laughs> and he was very gracious about it. <laughs> Well-loved man. Definitely. Wow. Well, uh, you know, thank you so much for, uh, is there anything else that you want to share with people that are, are listening? I mean, I know that you and I could go on with probably details talking about our, our, uh, our mentor and teacher in astrology and, and about the nodes, but uh, um, is there anything else that you wanted to share today or uh, is there something that, that, that we, think that the people listening might like to uh, be aware of uh, that we haven't haven't mentioned? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think this has been a really full conversation. I, I think I will say that I think um, I, I think these times, you know, if you do have any interest in astrology and uh, but you haven't taken the dive to, you know, purchase some books or listen to some amazing podcasts like this one or, um, you know, take an online class. Like, I think it's a really great time to do that. I, I do think, you know, every time I do a reading for someone who's new to astrology, 
you know, the, the theme that comes up every single time is this like, wow, you know, it's so helpful to know that there's like uh, an explanation or a uh, something we can point to that sort of um, reflects what's happened, what's actually happening, you know, and also to know, you know, in, in the ways of transits and progressions, like that there's a time period for, it. you know, that this is a season that might be difficult, right. but, but it will pass, you know, in favor of perhaps a more difficult season, that's always possible, but also, um, you know, perhaps, you know, in favor of a better season. And also, you know, as you pointed to Elizabeth, like the choicefulness within that, right? You can choose so much better if you know what the field is that you're playing in. And so in that way, astrology can just be so, it's really actually a very useful tool. I mean, it's very profound as well, but I sometimes think of it as being like weather patterns. And if if you know that it's going to be freezing outside, you're going to wear a warm jacket and uh, it it can just give you that little extra bit of uh, knowledge or insight so that you can um, live a better life. So exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, just Um, that's my, uh, my final thought on it is, you know, it's a great time to learn astrology. (laughs) Yes. yes. And it's been great talking with you today. really enjoyed it and I don't get to talk to other astrologers uh, about evolutionary astrology that much so this has been wonderful and and thank you so much for coming on and um, it's been it's been very sweet it's totally my pleasure I'm so glad we finally got a chance to come together and and talk astrology and I would love to do it again sometime well that sounds wonderful all right well Well, bye for now. And Patty, we will talk later. Sounds great, Elizabeth. Take care. Bye-bye.